Hey folks, I'm back. You're listening to Jared McMurray here on Five Good Questions with Jared and Austin. Austin Nally, he is out today, gone away this weekend, out of town. You're listening just to Jared McMurray this week. We got five good questions coming up for you. It's Super Bowl weekend, Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Golden Anniversary Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 that is, taking place in Santa Cruz, California the immaculate new stadium for the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be one heck of a weekend out there in the Bay Area. Got a couple questions talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking elsewhere, college basketball and the association. Let's get started. First off, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Broncos, Panthers. You know, it's a tough question for me. Obviously, as a fan, I'm going to be pulling for the Broncos on Sunday. Grew up a Peyton Manning fan. Most likely going to be his last game. Can't go away from number 18. Locally here, living in Carolina now. I love Cam Newton. You know, a lot of people are giving him some criticism, some flack. I love what he does on and off the field, especially off the field. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to be too much for Peyton Manning to handle defensively. I think Carolina, they put their foot, I mean, they floor it. It's like a Lamborghini, 0-60 to 60 in no time, and they get up. And even though they crumble late sometimes and let big leads slip away, they always hold on. And I, I just don't see Peyton coming back from a big deficit. I just don't see it happening. You know, I, I think Denver can play with them, and I think if Denver can strike first, score first, get the Carolina Panthers offense off the field, sure Denver can win this game, but I just don't see it happening. You know, there's a lot of... A lot of games, a lot of instances in sports all the way across, you see, well, you know, it's kind of favored. This team, really, they need the win. Uh, they end up winning. They hold on. You see it. But Carolina's one of those teams that they don't care about that. They don't care what others are saying. They don't care that they're now favorites and that everyone said, oh, they're the worst 15-1 and team ever. Now they're 17-1. and They've been the worst this, the worst that. You know how many teams have finished the season 18-1? and one. One team is went 18 and 1. New England. They lost in the Super Bowl. You know, one lost team to win the Super Bowl. Last time that's happened was the 85 Bears, arguably the best team ever. And I'm not putting the Panthers in that category because New England's clearly better than that. The Panthers have held on to win a lot of games. You know, the Giants had the big lead, the Colts, they had the big lead. Tampa Bay earlier in the year, big lead, let slip. Lost to an Atlanta team that the absolute train came off the tracks for Atlanta. And then they went in and beat Carolina. Carolina beat New Orleans once without Breeze. You know, Rodgers was banged up. Seattle's defense was banged up. But they came back. They demolished Arizona last week. They had a lead against Seattle that I've never seen anybody be able to do on a team that good at home or not. I really, really like Carolina this week. I think from players 1 through 53, they're just too good. Cam Newton playing at a higher level than Peyton Manning. If his receivers do him gratitude, hold on to the ball, catch the ball, run the right routes, Greg Olson's going to have a big game. If Jonathan Stewart can pound the ground, get his carries, get yards, I just don't see Carolina faltering. I don't see them giving up enough points and not being able to score enough points to win this game. The Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl. On to question number two quickly. 
Is it the Warriors NBA title to lose? Or are there other teams we really need to be starting to talk about in the association? I mean, NBA basketball started over three months ago. And we have not heard anything or talked about anything but the Golden State Warriors. I mean, we're not even, you know, David Block gets fired. Oh, end of the world in Cleveland. I haven't even talked about LeBron, what he's doing, what he's been doing. It's been, oh, how many is Steph going to score tonight? How big is the Warriors' lead going to be by halftime? Clay Thompson going to score 20 in the third quarter? Oh, well, he'll probably go six for six behind the arc in a quarter sometime this year. Oh, Kobe, yeah, they've lost 10 in a row, but he's retiring. He scored 38 last night. I mean, that's all we're talking about. How about the Spurs? How about Oklahoma City? They're off their best start in franchise history at 38 and 13. I mean, Russell Westbrook is playing like the MVP, even though Steph Curry, Steph Curry is playing above him. You know, Sacramento's not having the best season, but how about Boogie Cousins? I mean, some of the numbers he's putting up for George Carl and the Kings is unbelievable. How about Gordon Hayward in Utah? I mean, they're hanging right there, could get a playoff spot. I mean, he, he's putting up numbers that you just don't see. You know, Paul George, great comeback story with the Pacers. They're playing decent basketball. They've had some slips. But season into the day, they're only two games out of the third spot in the East. But I think the, really the team we need to be talking about, we need to talk about Oklahoma City, Cleveland, Toronto, and San Antonio. I mean, they're the, they're the biggest contesters, of course, obviously, to Golden State. You know, 38-13 Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook's playing well. Kevin Durant's getting healthy. They're playing good team basketball. Um, then you look at San Antonio and what they're doing. And, you know, they're sit- San Antonio is sitting at 41-8. and eight. They're four games back of the Warriors. And, you know, I really don't think, unless they can get home, home court advantage, then yes, I think the Warriors will get to the finals. But they were just two games back playing on the road, Golden State, Greg Popovich decides to sit Tim Duncan. Regular rest or not, you don't do that. Not when you know how important that is. I mean, Spurs have won, what, 25, 26 in a row to start out at home. They know if they get home court advantage, there's nobody going to beat them. There's only one game that they're not favored in or that they're favored in at home that's close. The rest of the way is Golden State. And that's the only game Golden State's not favored in the rest of the season, which it's understandable so. I mean, Golden State's 45-4. and four. They're chasing the Bulls' 72-10 and 10 record. I think they beat it. Cleveland, LeBron, if they stay healthy and they stay upbeat, I think they can hang on and get back to the championship. Toronto has been on a tear lately. DeRozan, Terrence Ross, and company, I mean, they're just playing at high levels. Kyrie Lowry leading the way. I think Toronto can really contest with Cleveland in the East. Logjam after that. We'll see who emerges. Let's transition to college basketball here, right here in the state of North Carolina. There is some troubles over in Durham. What is going on with Duke? And I'll tell you what's going on with Duke. Mill Jefferson's out. That's one reason why. You know, their backups, their depth is not very deep. Last year, they weren't very deep either, but their top six, seven players were playmakers. They were stars, and they are gone. Their top three players are gone. Top four players, excuse me. You know, they lost three players last year to the draft, and then one, you know, Quinn Cook graduated. You know, he was he's on into professional basketball as well somewhere. 
Um, but Justice Winslow, Julio Okafor, and then Tyus Jones. And what I think really happened here was when that recruiting class came in last year, you know, Justice Winslow, that was a mystery if he would stay around yet. You know, he knew, Coach K knew Quinn Cook was gone, and he knew that Julio Okafor was one and done. And that's all well done and said. But I think he really expected Tyus Jones to come back. Him and Grayson Allen a one-two punch this year, they'd have been great. I don't think Coach K can fix what's wrong because he got blindsided by players playing out their wazoo, winning a national championship. They darted for the NBA. The one and done is changing college basketball. And we're going to get to that here in a little bit of why there's not a dominant team. And I really think it is because the one and done. Me and Austin talked about that this week. The one and done is changing the game. Coach K has got to set up. He's got a lot of fire in his players, and his players just have to respond. And if they respond, they can be a top five, six seed. They can get the five or six seed. You know, right now they're probably faltering towards an eight or nine. They can get that seed. They had great non-conference um, games. If you know, if if Emil Jefferson comes back, you know, Plumley starts playing better. They really or continues to play better. He's been playing well. One of their strong spots, really. Um, they can make a run. They're a Sweet 16 team. Do I think they're going to go into the Final Four? Absolutely not. Duke's not going to the Final Four. But it's Coach K. Anything can happen. But like I said, he's got a lot of fire in his players, and his players have to respond. I don't know what more else he can do. You know, when you start talking about our next question here about um, the one and dones in college hoops, you see that lack of veterans. You know, I, and I heard Jim Boheim say um, once that, He's okay with having those one and dones. You know, if he gets four or five players in a recruiting class, if two of them are one and dones, that's fine. But he wants two or three players in every single recruiting class that he knows is going to be hard, grind those players that's going to stick it out all four years, develop, get better in his system so he can put a consistent good team on the floor year in and year out. And that's what he does at Syracuse. What happens is, is you see Kentucky have a really good recruiting class and then one that needs some work. You know, that one that needed work was a couple years ago. Well, they got that work done in February and March, and they got to the national championship and lost to UConn. They come back last year. They're the best team in basketball. They just happened to get upset by a very good Wisconsin team. All those players left. These new freshmen just aren't. They're a little underdeveloped. Black guy I've always said, Coach Calipari is the, I think, as far as in practice, preparing his players, growing his players, he's the best coach in college basketball. And I really think they'll also turn things around, just like I think Duke eventually will. They'll be a contender. Some of these other teams, you know, what's happened with Michigan State? You know, why aren't they the top team? You know, they have some veterans. Why is Kansas and Oklahoma kind of, and eh, they're losing these games? Well, I think they're beating up, beating up on each other in the Big 12. I really think North Carolina's right on the cusp. You know, some about Roy Williams teams usually, they kind of struggle. They get, they get kind of foggy-minded. Something just holds them back. I think that leash needs to be released, and I think that North Carolina is my, you know, they were my preseason favorite to win the national championship. I'm still sticking with them. I think they can really emerge. Bryce Johnson, I think, is one of the best players in the country, and if you want to give me a one-two punch, Bryce Johnson and Marcus Page. Marcus Page is a senior. That's the kind of leadership that I think teams really lack with the one-and-dones now. As a player like that, he can take over a game. I think their team, and then I also like out of the Big 12 to emerge, either Kansas, Selden Perielis, veterans, they can emerge. What else can they get around them, you know, to continue to get better? 
And then I also like Oklahoma. Buddy Heald, I mean, is fantastic. They can, I think they can lose to anybody on any given night because of how much they shoot the three ball, but they can beat anybody on any given night. They get on a hot run in the tournament. They're national champions. National champions written all over Oklahoma. They play in your face. They go up and down the court. Spangler's my favorite player to watch in college basketball. He's a senior. He's been there forever. He knows what it's like to grind in the Big 12 play. They'll be right there come March. And I think, you know, looking at the Big 10, Michigan State, I, they got a lot of question marks. But I think you want to talk about veteran teams that can really get things going. I'm looking at Providence. Excuse me, they're out of the Big East. First on the, the Big 10, Purdue and Maryland. Maryland's still kind of young. But I think they're going to be right there. Rashad Suleiman was a great addition. Whatever happened at Duke, we may never know. Great addition as that, that transfer from Duke. Rashid Suleiman, Diamond Stone has, has been playing great basketball. Melo Trimble, I mean, they're just they're playing, you know, above all else. I think Purdue, they have the veterans. If they can fare out the guard play, they're a Final Four team as well. Big game tomorrow, 4 o'clock ESPN. Maryland and Purdue, that's a huge game. IU, they have a lot of younger players there at the top. I think Iowa's a team that's got a lot of veterans too. We'll see. I think Iowa's a you know a legit contender to win the national championship as well. You want to talk about one more team, Providence. I think they're a team that can really get things going. They have that veteran poise. They have a player in Chris Dunn that can take over any game, and that's really what I look for. Veteran play, good guard play, somebody that can take over the game. You know, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, Marcus Page. You know, those three players are players that can do that. Denzel Valentine did it against Kansas for Michigan State. Purdue lacks that player. IU has that player. Utah for Iowa. Some of these teams have it. Some don't. Kentucky, I don't think, does. LSU's playing really well. Ben Simmons is one of those players. So we're going to see. I think a team will emerge. But folks, come March, when you're filling out your bracket, don't write something down real quick because who knows what's going to happen, and you're probably going to be wrong. Go with North Carolina because that's who I'm going to stick with. All right, last question here to wrap things up. Heading into Super Bowl Sunday, who do you got, Cam Newton or Peyton Manning? I love them both. I have tremendous respect for Cam Newton. You know, A lot of people are giving him this criticism. He showboats, blah, blah, blah. Is it because he's black? Is it because, what is it? Well, I don't see skin color. You know, I was raised in the North. Skin color was not an issue to me. It's just whoever is whoever. I don't care what you look like. Never did I really realize the racism still existed in this country to, at the magnitude it does till I moved to the South. And it still doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I don't I could see it just doesn't it doesn't get under my skin. I don't care. I don't care what color you are. Cam Newton's doing what he's doing. And what he does off the field washes all that away. I mean, some of the things he does off the field is just so tremendous and underlying and he doesn't even tell people that he's gonna do it. He just goes and he makes good in the community in Charleston with the floods, with the shooting in Charleston over the summer. He just goes and does it. And that's what's great about Cam Newton. Peyton Manning, though, I'm going to take Peyton Manning over Cam Newton. He's a veteran. He has no blemishes on his record. Not saying that Cam Newton does. Cam Newton has off the field has been tremendous. He had a little hiccup at Florida, but crying out loud, he's a 19-year-old college student. Give the kid a break. We've all been there. He just got on the news because he was an athlete. That's the only reason. We've all been there, Cam. We feel for you, especially me. Peyton Manning, though, I mean, class act on the field, off the field. I'm rooting for you Sunday, Peyton. 
Who you got, though, people? I mean, really think about it. Who you got, Cam Newton or Peyton Manning? I'm going to take Peyton Manning night and day over anybody, but I can tell you what, who I'm going to, besides Andrew Luck, the quarterback that I'm going to be pulling for and hoping that he can be the best he can be the rest of his career is Cam Newton. You know, he lights a fire like we talked about with Coach K. Coach K needs a light a fire in his players. Cam Newton lights a fire, not just in on the field, through the players, defensively, offensively, through the entire Carolina Panthers organization. And you can tell he's lit a fire in Charlotte, greater Charlotte area, and all the way through this area of the country. I mean, he's just lit a fire. Love Cam Newton. Love Peyton Manning. Super Bowl Sunday, coming up Sunday. It's going to be a heck of a game. My prediction is it's going to end up being close, and it's going to be one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. Won't top last year's because that was something else, something crazy. It's going to be great. I think Carolina holds on, but wouldn't it be something for Peyton Manning one last ride to go out on top? Till next week, we'll see you. Thanks for tuning in.